0: it's too late with alan mosley
1: guys welcome back for another episode of it's too late i am your host alan mosley joined as always
0: by the number one producer in late night it's blank Osborne. sup how's it doing (laughs) what was that (laughs) i don't know i'm in my bro mood today you You were you
1: were throwing some type of hand signal that's probably going to get us kicked off of social media
0: pointing all right is that, is that bad now? Like, is this, is this like the new middle finger? Oh, I mean, well, if, if mean, one of your, I mean, you, you've got kids in school. If it? one of your I mean, kids
1: did that, they'd be suspended. Oh, uh, or, or worse. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Hung
0: or something. I don't know. Or something. Or is it called hanged now? You know how to say hanged? It's not hung, it's hanged. I
1: don't what, you, what the hell are you talking about?
0: I'm in bro mood today.
1: First of all, if you're talking about someone being executed via yes. suffocation, it's always been hanged.
0: Hanged. Hanged. H
1: a n g e d is is for when someone is has a noose. Which, by the way, so we talked about this on sports ball the other day. Apparently, noose is the new N word because there was (laughs) there was a college basketball coach that was talking to one of his young players, and he was trying to give him a pep talk. Uh He was actually telling him, "I know you're going through a tough time. Anything I can do to lighten the burden for you? Just come talk to your coach." Okay, but the terminology he used was. Is to loosen the noose around your neck, and of course the player's black, and so they fired
0: this guy like he's out. So noose is the new (sighs) n word. Hypersensitivity, man. Everyone is hyper freaking sensitive. That's well, you know what it is though is that
1: part of it is uh, so there are half the people are hypersensitive, yeah, but then the other half because they they some they see either themselves or people that they like as being victims of. The hypersensitive, you know, right, cancel right. culture. So then they use it, uh-huh. like they, in their heart of hearts, they're they don't really care, yeah. but they will still rabble rabble cancel that guy because uh. you canceled one of ours, so we'll cancel one of yours, right. and so it just perpetuates itself, yeah. right? Like well, hey,
0: I, look on f- the side. At, at least, at least, at some point, we're all going to be canceled.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. they won't cancel us because, well, like, like oh no, so Celeste and Lyle can't yeah. watch the show anymore. Oh no,
0: <laughs> I'm sorry.
1: that would hurt my feelings. You know, the thing is, though, is that, I, and I've said this before, and our friend Suzanne, who I was going to mention here in a second, like mm-hmm. she can testify to this that uh-huh. look, the right wingers are, in my opinion, at, at least as big of snowflakes, possibly bigger snowflakes. <laughs> so she had a predominantly, if if I could dare say this, she uh-huh. had a predominantly right wing audience.
0: Okay. And she
1: had made some posts on her old account. Yeah. And they got, they got mass flagged, which means a whole bunch of people who follow her Uh saw something they didn't like. Do you think that meant, well, you know, this makes me uncomfortable. I'll evaluate why that makes me uncomfortable. Or did they perhaps say, well, I don't like this so I won't follow this person anymore. I'll move right. on. No, 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 no. They didn't no. do that. No. They spammed the report button until she got kicked. Jeez. That's, and so if she had a predominantly right-wing audience uh-huh. and her account got banned because people mass flagged her posts, sounds there to me like go. the right-wingers are a bunch of snowflakes. Mm. I'm sorry. I mean, that's just, that's how it yep. plays out. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to mention Suzanne because over on the Wasatch Report, mm-hmm. they are going to have some election night coverage. Okay. I don't like, like anyone can just watch the news. So if you're yeah. just wanting to watch poll results, you can go get that anywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're going to have more commentary. Like they're going to talk about some of the results as they come in. Okay. They're going to talk about, uh, you know, more election commentary, like uh-huh. who's voting and why, who are they voting for? Why, why does any, why does anyone do anything? Yeah. We, we, we might even talk about, you know, why ketchup is a smoothie for all I know. Yeah, but yeah. the point being is, and it is, uh-huh. The point being is, is there's going to be election coverage over uh-huh. on Suzanne's program and yeah. yours truly will be there. Good. And, but for us, of course, next, that's on Tuesday. That's next Tuesday. Yeah. So next Wednesday show of It's Too Late will be taking place the day after the election. Right. So that might late. be a fun show.
0: And hopefully it will be. I, I mean, <laughs> you know,
1: we'll be, we'll be hunkered down because we'll have the doors barred and yeah, there'll be yeah. riots in the streets and all oh, that good stuff. Yeah. But tonight's show uh-huh is the last episode before the election
0: Ooh. and so
1: i i know
0: yeah should we like have a cake or something I did,
1: god i, I could know. go i mean you i've been wow. i've been on the diet thing yeah, so I like know. i i man i could really eat a yeah. cake
0: somebody out there please figure out how to make keto cake
1: well, they have all that stuff, but it's Garbo. It. It's, it's Garbo. A, it's awful. It's, it's Yeah. It's...
0: Unless you make it out of bacon. I don't know.
1: If it tastes good, it's not good for you. Yeah, Everybody know. knows
0: that. Everybody knows that.
1: You know, the thing is, is that we've been, t- we've been challenging our fans that we'll taste test things, but yeah. you have to send it to us. Right. So, so they were really cavalier about sending us chips that kill us. Right. But basically. they're not cavalier about sending us tasty cakes. Nope. Why? I, I, I don't know. I think that says something about... <laughs> The type of people we attract to this program.
0: Yeah. Apparently they like to inflict pain on others.
1: Speaking of, of, of inflicting pain, I'm, man, I'm, I was really excited like 24 hours ago for today's show. Sure. Because we're going to revisit an article of mine where I talk about abstinence only voter education. Right. And, and so why, where I stand on the election and Uh why I think what I think and, and talk about some of the issues. And now I'm just in a terrible mood. (laughs) Because, <laughs> cause, cause I li- look, guys, I live like 42 minutes yeah. from the studio, and it took me like two hours and ten minutes to get here because of, I mean, like, okay, there's a light drizzle, which means, yeah. of course, some cars had to slam in each other and one exploded Oh, yeah, or it's
0: carnage out there.
1: You know, th- <laughs> th- thoughts and prayers. But the point being is, is you made me late. <laughs> so you can visit euthanasia.com com, get the information. Please visit. All oh, we're going to do is please visit euthanasia.com to get the information you need to make the right choice the right choice for you (laughs) you he like on family guy the wacky wavy inflatable arm flailing two-man guy like that's what that makes me think of like i want that guy
0: yeah that's adventurous sure So what happened out there, man? What, like, some I never saw it. Up or something? No,
1: no, it's irrelevant. I didn't, okay. so we don't have time. We, time. we will be right back after this break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. Hey, uh, hey, Blake. Yeah. What time is it? It's top It doesn't matter how many weeks in a row I tell you to not do that. You do (laughs) it. It's okay, son. Only the poors go to jail. You know that's that's a whole other aspect of the whole Biden corruption hunter (laughs) crack hookers China Ukraine thing that Mm. people didn't really touch on is. I actually, believe it or not, I actually saw people defending this POS saying that, look, a lot of people deal with addiction and we shouldn't shame them for dealing with addiction. Mm. And in a vacuum, I agree with that. The difference is, is that the political, first of all, the political class would give no consideration like that to you. They don't give a damn about you at all, as George Carlin would put it, but with even more flowery language. I'm trying to be good, by the way.
0: They
1: don't don't give a damn about you at all.
0: That picture, and, though,
1: huh? I, well, I know it's a <laughs> little, it's a little creepy. Ooh. It's a little yikes, Ooh. but they, they don't care about you. No, and but the political, pl- the political class does not obey the rules that you and I. It's rules for thee, not for me. Exactly, that's how it goes. Right, and so Hunter Biden can smoke crack and get foot jobs from mm-hmm. Ukrainian hookers and. But if, if you did that, yeah. I mean, best case scenario, you go to jail for like 20 years. Worst case right. scenario, they just come blow your brains out in right. a no-knock or, raid, right? Or you think they're yeah. going to no-knock right. raid Hunter Biden's apartment?
0: No. Not going to happen. Not going to happen.
1: Because the rules don't apply to them. They only no. apply to you. Right. It's, by the way, I picked that meme because that was my take on it. Okay. And that, and that my take on it is very relevant to kind of the context of all of today's episode. Okay. okay. But we still got a little bit of fun left to have before sure. we get to my serious stuff. Mysterious. serious. So let's, let's answer some viewer mail. This one doesn't have music and it's my favorite
0: one. <laughs> I wish I had a printer that was that wow, wow, good. Wow, 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 wow. Yes. Wow.
1: Uh, Andrew Avery writes, "Dear Alan and Blake, did Jeffrey Tubin have a stroke during a Zoom meeting?" <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay, he gets an A plus for that one. <laughs> so.
1: So as a matter of fact, he did. He did. <laughs> uh, Andrew. So Andrew decided to leave us a, a serious question this okay. week and not just a pun, because you m- remember the last couple of weeks, uh-huh. Facebook was killing our page. Yeah. Big shocker there, right? Yeah. We're not pro Biden. So our pages no, did. Yeah, yeah. And um, this week, everything turned around. Like we, we had some of our regulars actually, you know, took it upon themselves to be. To be top fans, yay! And and they went in there and and liked and shared and commented. Yay. So all of a sudden, we've got now got more questions we can deal with. Good. So Andrew also writes, uh, how can they refer to ACB Amy Amy Coney Barrett or any conservative justice as an originalist if they support stare decisis? Is that diametrically opposed? So what Andrew is getting at is is that so Amy Coney Barrett just like any, any politically connected lawyer Uh has, has made it very clear that she believes in precedent that if, if, if the courts rule X and that becomes standard precedent, Mm -hmm. then, I mean, I mean, it would take an act of God to move from that position. So they, they feel compelled then to stick to that precedent, even when the precedent that gets set because said ruling flies contradictory to liberty, to the, the, the founding fathers, to the, to the constitution, to the principles of originalism, whatever. So the point being is, is that is Andrew is kind of really hitting on something we actually already talked about, which is um, a lot of people were, were jumping for joy when ACB got uh, confirmed the other day. Right. But as, as I had put it very recently, I give it like two months and she will probably have already ruled on something Contradictory to liberty, and then yeah. I'll be the one sitting here saying, "They got you yep. again." Like there how many is. times is it going to take you fools mm. to? Re- hey, first of all, the power is the problem, but right. two, that being neither here nor there, you you keep on throwing in your lot with these monsters, and it keeps on coming back to bite you. And I keep on saying, "Well, that's that's why I don't play the game." And you say, "Oh shucks, I can't believe they got another monster in." And then when the next monster comes along, so many of those same people will be back on board with, oh, but not this time, you guys. It's, it's like, uh, you know, it's like Charlie Brown uh-huh. and loose you know, and, yeah. and pulling the football. It's like how many, you, you people, are, you people are Charlie Brown. Yeah. There you go. You so they are Andrew's not Charlie Brown, but okay. we're making fun of Charlie
0: Brown. Right.
1: Uh, Celeste Annis writes, dear Alan and Blake, are you disappointed in my inability to think of worthy viewer mail questions lately?
0: Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. Yes.
1: You, Celeste, you know me to be a straight shooter. (laughs) And so I'm just going to tell you like it is. Yes. Uh, Jonathan Carranza writes, uh, dear Alan and Blake, what's Mm -hmm. up with the Canadians looking into building internment camps for COVID vaccine refusers? So I haven't heard anything about that. So that sounds like boomer nonsense. Mm -hmm. Um, And you didn't link an article, so I'm just going to assume boomer nonsense. Right. but if they are building camps for people who refuse the vaccine, then those people better have guns. I, I, I mean, yeah. that's like, it. I, I know that that type of rhetoric is what gets you deplatformed, yep. but that's what the guns are for. Yeah. And by the way, there's a lot of people who like to use, use that, you know, rah patriotic language of, you know, guns are to fight back against tyrants, not shoot deer. But you, while that's true. Yeah tyrants don't like, there's no such thing as government. There's only people. Yeah. So when you say I need governments or I need guns to fight a tyrannical government, what you're really saying is is you need guns to fight people who are the jackboot thugs of the tyrannical government. Right. But you know what? Your neighbors who will like, they'll call the Gestapo and turn Um, you in. Yeah. They're a part of that. Exactly. Like they're a part of the tyranny. So even though they might not wear a uniform or have a badge, Right. They're a part of that. So you know what? You have guns to defend yourself from your neighbors too, quite frankly. Right. Um, Man, this is, this is supposed to be fun. I've said, I've said so many times, like we don't do political questions and you or male is supposed to be for fun stuff. Yeah. This is all their fault.
0: But you're dorking surly today. So it's okay. You went through an auto accident or something. So
1: you guys, this is your fault and I admonish you. Yeah. So, um, (laughs) no dinner tonight. I, I don't know.
0: There you go.
1: Anthony Bennett writes, Dear Alan and Blake, would you rather party with Hunter Biden or Donald Trump Jr.? Oh, of course, Hunter Biden. You forget, yeah, that guy me? rocks. Dude, I... <laughs> that guy knows how to party. I mean, so so first of all, not only does he know how to party, but he has a hall pass, right? Like, he's yeah. not... If I go party with him, I won't have my brains blown yeah, out by won't the get cops. You will in trouble.
2: <laughs> I mean, I, by wants. the way,
1: I won't have my brains blown out by the cops if I party with Donald Trump Jr. Yeah. either. right. But, you know, I... I, I'm willing to bet stiff, Donald yeah. Trump Jr.'s done his share of cocaine. Oh, yeah. Too. Oh, yeah. The difference, though, is, is that Hunter Biden's got some of the ladies involved. So there you go. Uh, there you go. Donald Trump Jr. is probably. Um... Anyway, Adam Sakosin writes, uh, Dear Alan Blake, what do you think about the military involvement in vaccine distribution? Um, that's what guns are for.
2: That's Uh, Derek T writes,
1: dear Alan and Blake with increased pressure towards civil unrest. How long do you think it will take for the new season of Beavis and Butthead to arrive? So I'm glad you mentioned that Derek. So here's the thing. We actually had mentioned this on the show before that they were doing a reboot of Beavis and Butthead and, and I'm, I I couldn't be more against it. And it's not because I don't like Beavis and Butthead. It's because They ruin everything. Yeah. Like when I say they, I really just mean like Hollywood and the arts community. They ruin everything that they read. Totally. Everything they touch, they ruin. So I have every reason to believe that a new Beavis and Butthead will be Garbo. Um Mm -hmm. speaking of that, so Anna Kay is a big Save by the Bell fan. Like she grew up watching Save by the Bell. I was never into save by the Bell. I thought it was really corny and stupid when I was a kid. So imagine what I would think now. Yeah. Um she really likes Saved by the Bell. I I saw a trailer. They're oh, rebooting yeah. Saved by the
0: Bell. There's a reboot coming up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, like, I, I, I mean, I don't know if reboot's technically the right word uh-huh. because it's actually ha- taking place in modern time and yeah. some of the original characters are in it. Oh, yeah. So it's like, it's like a sequel many yeah. years later.
0: They're the parents of the kids that are the stars of the new Saved by the Bell.
1: But here's the, the old... thing, though. I know you're yeah, going to yeah. be super shocked to hear this. Uh-huh. The new Saved by the Bell is going to have a more diverse cast and they're going to take on privilege. Sure are. <laughs> no, you don't say. Uh, like, I actually had this conversation with our friend Sherry that like these people are losing money hand over fist with all of just the SJW liberal mm-hmm. crap that Hollywood puts out. Oh, yeah. And it's just bomb after bomb after bomb at the Big box time. office and whatever. And, and then of course, obviously with the lockdowns and stuff, you know, the theaters are really hurting, like Regal's out, AMC's hurting. Mm -hmm. And so I know that that industry has lost a ton of money. Yeah. And of course, who are the people hurt the most? Like the small time performer who's trying to get in, Mm -hmm. they're dead. Yeah. The industry I'm sure will survive. But Mm -hmm. even then, even the people at the top, they surely have felt the pinch in their wallets. You bet. And maybe this makes me naive, but I've always believed that when push came to shove, the right of things would win out because people don't want to lose money. Like people are more greedy than they are wanting to push an agenda. Right. And I got to tell you, I guess I'm wrong on that. Or maybe that used to be right.
2: Yeah.
1: But it's not right anymore because these people keep on putting out this crap Knowing that they're losing money on it, knowing that huge swaths of the country, all of middle America saying, no, no, thanks. I don't want that. Yeah. And, and instead of like having some Uh self-reflection and saying, well, maybe this isn't like, maybe this isn't either our role, maybe we should provide entertainment or if we are going to take like political or ideological stances, maybe we need to be open to the fact that you know, there's not just objective truths and people have different opinions. No, there's none of that. There's no self-reflection at all. They keep on putting out completely one-sided, just tripe Uh and it keeps being rejected and they just keep doing it.
0: Yeah. Like they think that's going to change people's minds.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the real thing too. And and I I even have, by the way, I have this conversation with ourselves, like, Mm -hmm. like, why do we do what we do if we know at the end of the day, we're not really changing anyone's minds because everyone's totally polarized. Sure. And the answer is, it's because I'm right, right? There you go. Um, so, uh, Dan Roberts writes, Steer Alan Blank, what are the three things you're most looking forward to in a Biden presidency? Um, so when Biden, um, dies and <laughs> yeah. the hardcore leftist takes over, uh-huh. um, I'm looking forward to my UBI until I'm, um, I'm looking forward to my basic income until everyone goes bankrupt. Mm-hmm. I'm lo- um, I want them to cancel my student loans and yeah. I, I want my tax rate because I'm not in the top 1%. I want my tax rate to be zero. Okay. Um. Yeah. And I know if anyone out there is thinking, well, wait a minute, Alan, okay. that, that's not very principled. I actually disagree. I actually think that that's a perfectly reasonable take because they've been stealing my money for years Might as well and I've, and I've said, I've shouted at the rooftops, I don't mm-hmm. consent to this. And their answer is, well, you'll do it or we'll kill you. So, I might as well just take everything I can get until the house of cards falls.
0: Sure. There you go. Good point.
1: Uh, Suzanne Sherman writes, dear Alan and Blake, what is the best Halloween candy and why is it Snickers? So I like Snickers, but it's not the best Halloween candy. That's Reese's cups.
0: He's right. You're absolutely right. It's Reese's cups. I'm not a fan of Reese's cups, but I saw the war and Reese's won.
1: Can you cut your mic for the rest of the show? Let's just go. No, no,
0: dude. There was like this big thing. No, 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 no,
1: no. We're moving on. I don't, I don't. Your your opinions are relevant. We're moving on. Thank you. No, no, no. (laughs) I know the people that play the drinking game are like, oh, they're fighting. Oh, man. I'm just trying to help you
2: guys.
1: (laughs) Uh, And finally, Jeff Johnson writes, dear Alan and Blake, did you ever trick people's houses during Halloween? Like TP and such.
0: Blake, did you ever do that? Mostly friends. I wouldn't do that to a stranger, but my buddies had it coming.
1: Blake's the kind of guy that if you're a complete stranger, even if you're a total piece of shit, he'll say, ah, it's not really my place. But if you're his friend,
0: he's it's coming on. To get you.
1: That's, that's a real friend, folks.
0: Hey, yeah. I got um, you back, man.
1: <laughs> we were doing good on time and now we're not.
0: Nope. It's okay though. Is it? Yeah. Why not? It's your show. Take as long as you want.
1: It is my show.
0: It is your show.
1: You know what? I am going to take as much time. Let's, let's take a, let's take a moment.
0: Yeah, let's take a moment.
1: I need to. Like, need to I'm a little better. wound up because of the Get, traffic and well, everything. I need to take a moment.
0: Okay, well, feel this. Feel this.
1: So, by the way, you're not supposed to make those buttons unless I specifically reference the euthanasia.com. But thanks, but for, ruining, thanks for ruining the gig, Blake. It's great. I didn't
0: ruin the gig. It was fun. No, thanks,
1: thanks for ruining it. It's great.
0: Oh, man. Come on. You, you can't be like that. I was making you happy. You
1: literally just said it's my show, and now you're telling me what I can and can't do. Go to a freaking commercial break so I can yell at you. Go to a commercial break. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at Allen at oh, You guys don't know during the oh, commercial man. breaks what goes on in this place. All I can say is, is it was just bedlam there for like yeah, 30 yeah. seconds.: Wow. Um, I'm sorry. So you know, you know me. I'm always reluctant to give myself a pat on the back. I'm so humble and yeah. yeah,
0: you're a humble guy.
1: So anyway, there's an article that I wrote and I actually wrote it back in 2018 mm-hmm. ahead of the midterms. Yeah. Um, But I want to reference it again today because it's, it's real, because it's election season is once again upon us. And I feel like this is something. Like, we could do an episode on this every single election season. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the show's been around for a while now. Yeah. And obviously, I understand that, of course, we have new viewers, and I understand that there's people who haven't seen every episode from from the old show all Mm -hmm. the way up to now. Yeah. So sometimes it's good to kind of, like, revisit some themes so that That new viewers can know where I'm at so they can say, Christ, and move on. There you go. And so we're going to do that. So I wrote an article that I had titled Abstinence Only Voter Education. Fee decided they didn't like that, that title, so they renamed it Stop Shaming People Who Don't Vote. You aren't an abhorrent citizen failing to perform your civic duty if you abstain from voting. So this was written by yours truly. Tis the season against reason. There are a few states in the union where one can escape the endless yard signs. Every television channel is flooded with commercials that comically paint some political adversary in black and white accompanied by smooth baritone voices, slinging ominous barbs. God damn. I'm a good writer. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, you know what I'm talking about? Like you see those commercials where like the person they're ta- they're they're championing is yeah. in full color oh, and yeah. it's very bright yeah. and exuberant, but the bad guy is in, grayscale yes. and it's Donald Trump said this, Yeah, you know? So anyway, I actually kind of like those. Like we yeah. should make those for us. Yeah. Like we'll make, I'll make a commercial about you and uh-huh. you'll be in black and white and it'll be all about how you're <laughs> terrible. And then, and then, and then I'll be in full color and vote for me and then I'll you'll make one and I'll, I'll be in black and white and be terrible.
2: There you go. Yeah. We'll do yeah. that. Yeah. We'll do
1: that. The various House, Senate, and governorship races serve the dual role of setting the legislative tone between now and the next presidential election, while also serving up a referendum on the gentleman who occupies the White House, and by extension, his party. As such, a favorable result for the executive's troop would signal some degree of contentment with the president's performance while an unfavorable result suggests a rejection of his agenda and how it's been carried out. Now, obviously that's for the midterms to kind of put this forward, because we're in the presidential election now, is that a lot of people would say, of course, there's the, there's the age old historical bent of it's the economy stupid, right? Like if the economy's good an incumbent's usually safe, the economy's bad, it's usually bad for an incumbent. Um, obviously this is a really strange year because the economy's in the shitter, uh, the economy's in the shitter. But of course, a lot of that's because of lockdowns. It's not because of the Rona. That's just simply incorrect. It's because of the lockdowns associated with the Rona. Um, but a lot of those lockdowns are on a state by state level. Now, Trump is not completely innocent of, of hurting the economy for sure. Um, I'm actually more concerned with exploding government spending and debt and tariffs. Um, but a lot of the individual states have been more responsible for really hardcore lockdowns, and that's not expressly his fault. But that being neither here nor there, if these dueling adverts were to be believed, viewers would conclude that the opposing candidates share little to no common ground. In fact, there may only be two things on which the major parties and their supporters agree. The first is that the current election is the most important election of our lifetime. How many times have you heard that crap? Every day. Every single day. By the way, I'm going to, in the next segment, we're going to talk a little bit about specific issues and specific candidates, but I want you to remember that phrase, most important election of our lifetime, because any person who says that, and especially any politician who says that, you can immediately disregard, they're not serious.
2: Nope.
1: Joe Jorgensen also said that. Uh, indeed, if this election is the one that history will judge as the turning point for Western civilization, then a willful non-participant must be viewed as another person. How dare they not fulfill their civic duty? But I reject this condemnation of those who choose not to choose. Quite the contrary, I believe in abstinence education when it comes to the ballot box. So I'm an anarchist. I don't even really associate like with libertarian anymore because I don't think that's useful. I, I really, I really don't. It's, it's not, I don't feel like it's worth me fighting over who gets to use terminology. And there's a lot of people who use the term libertarian who are just authoritarian monsters. And it's, so I just don't use the term anymore. So for people who wonder like Alan, are you not a libertarian? Are you distancing yourself from that? It's really more I'm distancing myself from people I don't want to associate with who also happen to use that term. So there you go. Congressional disapproval. If you ask almost any registered voter how he feels about the performance of Congress as a whole, he'll respond, throw the bums out. And and that's a phrase you hear all the time too, throw the bums out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is certainly no surprise considering the data from congressional approval polls, especially since 2010. A Gallup poll conducted this year revealed a congressional job approval rating of only 21%. So one in five people think Congress is doing an okay job, which was actually an improvement over the all time low of 9% in 2013. With numbers like that, it's little wonder why public sentiment bows significant changes ahead, but that's deceptive and we'll get to this here in a second. How, so if one, just ask yourself at this point, if so few people believe in the system, if so few people think that the legislative body as a whole or government as a whole or the president, if they have such a low approval rating, then why is there so much rigmarole for elections? Why do so many people believe that the election is so important because it's so important to perpetuate this system, even though this system is failing. Despite the electorate's virtually unanimous ire for Capitol Hill, there's little historical evidence to suggest any drastic change on the horizon, as incumbent re election rates have been towering since World War II. Incumbent governors have been re elected in 73% of races, surpassed by senators who survive re election 80% of the time. Both are dwarfed by house incumbents who tally a reelection rate of 93 percent. These numbers have been even more skewed since 2016, clocking in at 80 percent, 93 percent, and 97 percent, respectively. Since 20 since 2016, 97 percent of incumbents have won reelection, despite one in five or less people approving of the job that Congress wants. Wow. Yeah, I know that's, when you look at that on its face, you're like, well, there you go. I mean, it's, it's a clown show. We all agree, right? So if the task of throwing the bums out seems never ending, it begs the question, how did the bums get there in the first place? Hmm. The answer seems to be that Americans agree far less about Congress when you ask about specific members. Almost half of Americans surveyed approve of the job that their own congressional representative is doing, while only a fifth of those same respondents feel the same about Congress as a whole. Aha. So everyone thinks it's all, it's always the other guy. Yeah. It's not, it's not our guy. It's not me. It's not my involvement in the electoral process. It's, it's, right. it's just those dang other guys. When the poll is limited to only those who can actually name their district's representative, the representative's approval rate rises to 62%. Those who can identify the representative are generally older, more educated, and lean Republican, although incumbent dominance transcends party lines. It's difficult to fathom why such a large discrepancy exists between approvals of Congress versus individual congressmen by their own constituents one such reason may be that the voter's own congressman is much more likely to benefit him or his community. And th- th- no, that's a fair argument to make. Yeah. If, if you are someone who is involved in the political process and you vote for a representative and your representative actually wins, a lot of people like to talk about wasted votes. I would argue that every vote is wasted. <clears throat> right. And if I was going to come off of that position an inch, I would say, well, every vote for the candidate who didn't win is also wasted because mm-hmm. they didn't win. But even if you vote for a representative and your representative wins and you genuinely feel your the winner who you voted for accurately represents you, then in a lot of ways, that really comes down to if you're truly principled person, you think they're going to, quote unquote, do the right thing. But for a lot of people, it's really I vote for a representative who I'm going to get my chance at the grab bag. Right. I'm going to get the goodies. Yeah. Because I I, my guy won and I'm going to get goodies from my guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Who is responsible for Congress's failure? When the results of election cycle after election cycle are more of the same, the subsequent disapproval can hardly rest on the shoulders of the politically abstinent, which is yours truly. Detractors will argue that those who don't vote have no right to complain. We've heard that one before. About the direction the nation is taken in. This statement refers to quite a number of Americans, as only 36.4% of eligible voters bothered to vote in the 2014 midterms. Now that's, that's quite a number, by the way. I know that voter turnout in presidential elections is much higher. Yeah. I expect voter turnout next Tuesday to be <clears throat> high comparatively. Yes. There'll still be like half the nation ain't going to vote, but right. comparatively to other elections, it'll be relatively high. Yeah. Uh, so only 36.4% voted in the midterms though. So, so when, when presidency is not up for grabs, three, four same, or almost aren't voting. Two thirds aren't voting. The concept of the consent of the governed seems shaky at best. If such a small proportion of voters engage in the system at all. And if a smaller fraction tallied their votes for the eventual victor. And we'll get back by the way, to representation in a moment. Mm-hmm. Even when restricting the debate to active voters, author James Bovard, our friend Jim, believes they cannot possibly be classified as consenting to a politician's every whim. Bovard writes, regardless if your candidate campaigned on a peace platform, you consented to any wars he might subsequently start or support. Regardless if your candidate promised to end federal crackdowns on marijuana, you consented to the Drug Enforcement uh, Administration, DEA, raids on medical cannabis cooperatives. Regardless if your candidate promised to end deficit spending, you consented to trillions of dollars of additional federal debt. Regardless if your candidate promised transparency and honesty, you consented to the government keeping millions of secrets and shrouding its worst abuses. If so much can be extrapolated out of an assumed consent that was never given, then the mere act of participation in the system may be described as immoral or unethical. Some in the libertarian camp liken voting to aggression, asserting that it is simply a contest to enforce their political will upon the rest. I got to think that. Perhaps this is a radical view, but if the act of voting is not aggression, then why are so many people terrified of their neighbors who vote wrong? Hmm. I love, by the way, as the last line. I like, yeah. I love that I finished yeah. the article that way because fast forward to today, you see the memes out there. Oh yeah. Uh, and of course memes are just a reflection of life. You see the memes out there are people saying, we got to get out the vote. And then the next frame they'll say, but don't vote like that. Yeah. The beautiful thing, before we go to our next break, the beautiful thing is, is that there, I love that. I love that there's, you see in the football games, all the commercials during all the primetime shows uh, on Hulu and Netflix, just everywhere you see any advertisements, every single advertisement is, is saying vote, 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 Uh vote, go register, go vote, go, go early, go often. It's so important. Get out the vote. But you know, implicitly what they're really saying is vote for who we want. Exactly. Like, you know that all of these campaigns that want to get millions of more people to go vote, they would cancel the campaigns tonight if they found out all those millions were going to go vote for the candidate they don't want. Exactly. Like they're not going to, can- they're not going to, they're not going to indirectly campaign for someone who they think is a Nazi. Yeah. So what they're really saying is, is get out the vote for our candidate. Exactly. Otherwise get out yeah, there. Exactly. It's not get out the vote. It's just get out. Um. It really says something about the system. It really, in, 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 something, and I, and I had mentioned this, Suzanne, something that we'll tackle on the election show next week. And we'll talk a little bit about this after the break, and, but I'll leave you guys with something to ponder in our, during the commercial break. How can it be simultaneously true that democracy is sacred while at the same time, half of the country can be wrong? So I had I had messaged a few of our friends and, and former guests on the show yeah. right before we went on today of you know, give me and granted, by the way, my friends are like minded to me, so big shocker, you're not gonna be getting any hot left wing takes today. <laughs> um but I had asked them like just just in one statement, if you don't think that what happens next Tuesday is legitimate. If you don't think it's relevant to you, you don't you don't believe in it, you don't consent to it. In one statement, tell me why. And um, our friend Suzanne just literally said in one word cheating. Fraud. Yeah. And it's so funny because depending on who wins the election, whoever wins will say, of course, it, it was a masterful display of democracy in action. And whoever loses will say it was fraud. Yeah. And it, it doesn't matter. Like you could literally, in fact, we could literally, it could be like a, it could be like a Dewey and Truman thing where you could literally find out candidate A wins and candidate B loses and candidate B will say that they cheated. And if you find out the following morning that it's reversed, that candidate A lost and candidate B won, then candidate B will then turn around and say justice was done. And candidate A will say, it was, you know.
0: Yeah. It, it doesn't
1: matter. Like, yeah. you're not, by the yeah. way, you're not going to, you're not going to find any favoritism on this program. Uh-uh. They're, they're all clowns. Um, okay. Our our friend, Michael Clark, who did the show with us back on the old show, where we talked about the Overton window, about mm-hmm. the, the shifting of the conversation. Um, He, he had just said that, I feel like no matter who wins and no matter how things progress with every election cycle, we're just one cycle closer to totalitarianism that whether, whether we take a small step or a great leap,
2: mm-hmm.
1: a great leap forward, if you will. Yeah. We'll just be that much closer to an authoritarian hellscape. And yeah, I kind of see that too. Mm-hmm. And then uh, our good friend, Mike Mahary had this to say, the whole premise of the system, is that one of these two or three or four, whatever, uh, you know, they don't count. So we'll just say two. Yeah. Somehow represent me. So now we're back to the conversation about representation. The whole system is built on the premise that one of these people represent me. They don't. Not in any sense of the word. I don't share their value systems, their goals, their ethics, or their vision for the world. I don't in any way consent to them ruling over me. So then how can it be that one of them legitimately holds power over me just because a bunch of other people picked them? If you really stop and think about the proposition, we're being sold here, it's absurd on its face.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now I know everyone has done kind of the, the, the mental exercise of you go out, you go out to the bar with your buddies. And everyone, everyone has drinks. Everyone has an appetizer. Everyone grabs a bite. And then it comes time to to settle up. Now, you might think that the obvious, most fair thing, unless, unless people agree to voluntarily pick up a tab for one or another, the most fair thing is, is you are responsible for you. Yeah. Would, would you be responsible for paying for someone else? just in a vacuum, just purely on black and white? Are you responsible for paying for someone else? The answer is obviously no. Should you be, if Joe Bob can't pay his tab, does that mean you have to pay it? Of course not. No one would think that. If they do think that they can't be taken seriously, you're just not a part of this conversation. You're an idiot. But let's say you go out with Jim, Bob and Tom. Well, what, what if Jim, Bob and Tom decide collectively that you should have to pay for Bob because Bob can't pick up his tab or won't. Mm. It's not even a matter of can't necessarily. It's a matter of he just won't. And they say you should. Does that somehow make you more responsible because they said so? Again, in their, in their own lives, with their own wallets, with, with them having, with your own skin in the game, no one thinks that way. Right. No logical thinking person thinks that way. Mm-hmm. And yet there will be millions, 1000s of millions of people who when the election is over they will say you 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 belong to me now. The 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 people the people have spoken the system works and you must now do x y and z and the person who speaks on your behalf is this guy. Yeah. Again, when, when boiled down to your life, your place of business, your place of work, no one thinks that way. Mm-mm. But with this gargantuan system, somehow it makes sense. So no, I reject, yeah. so I'm with Mike. I re- it's, it's just ridiculous on its face. But let's talk a little bit about some, sp- Specific issues because, because there are, there is what people would call a issue voter. The issue voter is the type of person that they're not, they're not inherently a partisan voter. They don't necessarily vote down ticket Republican or down ticket Democrat or down mm-hmm. ticket libertarian for that yeah. matter. They're an issue voter. Say their issue is, you know, gun rights. hmm I'm just, uh, that's all I care about. I want to make sure that no matter what happens, I cast my vote for a candidate that, that respects my gun rights, mm-hmm. we'll say. Say you're sure. pro-gun, that's all I'm voting for. Well, obviously the answer is not Biden-Harris, right. of course, but Trump was responsible for more gun control during his four years than Obama was in eight. Yeah. So if you are an issue voter and if gun rights is an important issue, can't vote for Trump.
0: No. um,
1: Let's take abortion. That's Mm -hmm. a big issue. Big one. We tend to avoid sometimes some of the big issues on this program. And it's not because we don't have our own opinions and beliefs. Right. Right. It's, it's because I, I would rather focus on the philosophies, on the principles that guide us as opposed to just any one issue. I don't want this to be the abortion show with Alan Mosley. Yeah. But let's say you're a pro-life person. Again, Planned Parenthood has never enjoyed so much money. Yeah. The cash is rolling in. Oh yeah. When the Republicans had the House and Senate and the presidency, yeah. Planned Parenthood was fine.
0: Yeah. They didn't go away. No. Mm-mm.
1: I know some some cynical types would argue that they never have any intent. To overturn Roe v. Wade or go after defund Planned Parenthood, because having the adversary is better for fundraising than sure. actually conquering the adversary. Right. Yeah, there's and, and by the way, I'm trying not to be a conspiracy theorist, but there's certainly an argument to be made for that. Definitely. But the point being is, is that well, if that's your issue, they haven't been good on it.
2: Mm-mm.
1: Neither one. Um. What about fiscal conservatism? Fiscal hmm. conservatism. Hmm. I care about taxes i care mm-hmm. about balanced budgets mm-hmm. i care about debt and spending <laughs> and um of course tariffs are a tax
2: yeah
1: trump's there all been go. all about some tariffs spending has exploded oh, well, yeah. they've added like what seven trillion to the national debt
2: just ridiculous
1: um i mean they're never going to pay off the debt so it's not like i'm necessarily saying it's just trump's fault they're never going to pay off the debt yeah but the point being is is he's this this guy had a lot of bluster about fixing the debt and yet Mm -hmm. it's record, record numbers, record Record. spending, record spending. That bloated stimulus bill we talked about a while Uh back that had just pork out the wazoo. Oh
0: yeah.
1: I didn't. So, okay. Maybe the Democrats had the house. Maybe they got, maybe they rammed it through. I didn't see it vetoed. Uh -uh. No. Mm -hmm. So if that's your issue, can't vote for these clowns. Yeah. So the point being is, is that What I'm trying to argue for you, if you're on the fence, if you're thinking, well, Alan, I don't know if I'm an anarchist, like maybe I'm a menarchist, which by the way, menarchist is just another word for you. Don't get it. I'm sorry. I have at this time of year, I have no patience. I'm sorry. (laughs) But the thing is, is I'm trying to reach you in particular. I'm trying to reach the folks out there who are like, well, I don't know if I'm quite ready to go in the deep end with you. But I absolutely acknowledge that there's a lot of issues and there's a lot of problems. The point I'm trying to make to you is, is that why am I an anarchist? Why do I give no legitimacy to the system? It's because it's ridiculous on its face. No one represents me. Mm-mm. Only, and in, in truly, only I can. Yeah. Only I can represent me. Only an individual can represent oneself fully and completely. I believe um, they certainly don't. But you know what? Joe Jorgensen doesn't either. Joe Jorgensen doesn't represent me. She, so I, I made that comment earlier. So in one of her rallies, not long after, after she got the nomination, she had actually said the words came out of her own mouth. It's the most important election of our lifetimes. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. As soon as I hear that, I checked out. Yep. You're not, you can't be taken seriously. (sighs) So no one represents me, but me. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. I'm not really dying for a political savior. That's, that's, that's another part of the equation. I'm not really dying to find a political savior. No. In my mind, the only answer moving forward is political decentralization. And now I understand that there are folks out there who would say, well, I'm, I'm, I'm on that boat. I'm on the boat of, we need to politically decentralize, decentralize. And therefore I support candidate X because I believe that moves us most quickly to, That outcome, I don't believe in that, but at least I understand that argument. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'll I'll actually use his name. I I didn't discuss this with him prior hand, but I'll. But uh, Mark Kreslins, who is uh, who uh, is a really smart guy, he's been on uh, Suzanne's program several times. We we actually did the program together not too long ago, and I like Mark, and 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 he's a big believer in throw out the Constitution, break this country up. The union is a sham. There's just no way that this limited number of representatives and this one head honcho can possibly represent 320 million people with diametrically opposed and irreconcilable differences. I agree with all of that. Yeah. The only thing I would say that I, I, it's not, it's not even necessarily a matter of disagreement more than I just, I just don't think it's going to go the way he hopes is I think what Mark would say is, is that, you know what, if a lot of people think, if a lot of people are genuinely threatening and, be, and, and their threats are genuine, that they, that they can and will go the secession route if Donald Trump wins reelection. If Trump wins, by God, we're going our own way. If they actually believed that and Mark thinks that's the way forward, then I can understand him wanting, wanting things to work out that way. My only problem with that is I believe, in my opinion, that's a naive point of view because Leviathan is not interested in breaking up. Right. There's, it's something of, of our, I mentioned Michael Clark earlier, something that we discussed very recently is the number one most important goal, ambition, concern, whatever of any organization is self-preservation. Mm-hmm. The distant second is whatever their line of work is. So if, if you really believe in an organization that really wants to make great brownies, their number one goal is surviving as an organization. Mm -hmm. Their number two goal is making good brownies. Right. The number one goal of the state is not balanced budgets Mm -hmm. or education Mm -hmm. or any of that crap, yeah. it's not, it's not my roads and my bridges, it's not make work projects. It's not, it's not the justice system. It's not the courts nope. or the prisons. Nope. It's not the, the vast body of regulatory agencies or power. The number one most important thing to Leviathan is its own self-preservation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The distant second is any of the things it says it's in charge of. Right. When you realize that, then you realize there is no outcome next week that can possibly happen that is going to bring us a step closer to decentralization and liberty. It can only possibly bring us one step closer to totalitarianism. Yeah. And that is why I don't vote.
2: There you go. And that's, that's scary. It is scary, but you know-
1: I, I'm not. I'm not about flowery lies. I'm yeah. about just telling the truth yeah. like it is. But this is why we stress on this program that I'm, it's way more important for people to figure out ways to live their best lives and take care of their loved ones, mm-hmm. not figure out ways to get their guy elected. Exactly. Well, that took a really depressing turn, didn't it?
0: Sure did. Woohoo! Let's let's take a
1: commercial break. <laughs> our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. Follow me on Twitter. twitter.com at Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash Mosley TV. So there you are then. Yep. Do with do with that what you will. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what else is there really to say?
0: I'm not voting. Nobody I mean, represents what I believe, so...
1: That's... I mean, that's really the thing. Yeah. Is, is that no one represents what I believe, so I'm not going to yeah. vote, but... I mean... Yeah. If, if, I mean, if you really want to be literal about it, if you don't live in a swing state, it's all mood anyway, right? Yeah. Because that's how the system works. Yeah. Right. So, if you don't live in a swing state, I mean, why would you even bother to go vote even if they did represent you? If, if you're... you're if you're in a state where your guy's going to win-slash-lose no matter what, then why would, you know... Yeah. So...
0: Why wait in line for two and a half hours in the heat or the rain? I mean... Yeah.
1: I, mean. I will. I will make my final predictions, though, since it's okay. the last show for the election. Okay. Um, I do actually think that despite all the horrors of a Biden-Harris presidency... I actually kind of think Biden's going to win. Um, pa- past past uh, performance is not an indicator of future just because 2016 was kind of a kind of a yikes moment for the polling establishment and all of that and there was this big populist movement for trump
0: yeah um
1: i i don't see it happening that way two times in a row yeah so i think that there'll be a bit of a correction when it comes to that i think biden's going to end up winning Um, If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But again, I I don't have a dog in the fight. It doesn't matter
0: if you're right or wrong. Yeah, it's irrelevant to me.
1: Um, However, I I, want to make a a last prediction as it pertains to our uh, Libertarian Inc. Capital L friends. Mm -hmm. Um, No, Joe Jorgensen won't get 5%. I don't think she'll get 4%. I don't think she'll get 3%. Hmm. I bet she gets 2.5% or less. I bet she ends up very likely doing worse than Gary did. But here's the worst part. When they ultimately fail spectacularly, they'll do their best to spin it as a victory anyway, and there will be no self-reflection whatsoever as to why they can't get any more support than that. It, they won't think for a moment, maybe we didn't have the best candidate. Maybe kowtowing to Marxists isn't the right move. Maybe spouting this anti-racist BS isn't, isn't our bag. Maybe being unapologetically libertarian is the way to represent libertarians if we're going to try to represent them politically, which in of itself I think is moot, but they won't they won't think any of those things. They'll just think, it must be the racist's fault. We did our best. It's actually good. We'll just do more of the same. I don't see how they're any better than the establishment. I really don't. Guys, thank you so much for listening to another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week.